You are now listening to an awesome sermon from the St. Louis Dream Center. Grab a pen and some paper, you're in for a treat. So a couple of days ago, I had the privilege uh, with a couple other staff members of playing the Genesis men in a basketball game, maybe about five or six basketball games. There was, uh, we didn't have our team, but we said, okay, let's play the game anyway because we want to enjoy the fellowship. And so, you know, they beat us like five games to one. And uh, I got to tell you, you know, I, I thought, you know, I, I just thought I'd let y'all have your moment right now anyway. I just did. I, I wasn't going to do it. But I said, let me let them have their moment because when we play again, it's not going to be like that. But that's another story. It's another story. So we're, we played, and, and my body is, like, talking to me after the game is over. And, and, and it's not whispering to me. It's yelling at me. Dude, you stupid. You're 48. What are you doing? Is six games in a row? Are you an idiot? Do you see me? Do you feel me? And that's my body talking to me. I'm, I'm, I'm hurting as I'm going home. And so I, I, I normally pop in this thing. You know, I normally uh, do this thing called Icy Hot. Anybody heard of Icy Hot? You know, like a Bengay, something like that. I normally put that on. And, but this time I popped the Tylenol because I needed something a little more immediate. I needed something quick because I was in pain. But the interesting part is, you know, most of the time I go after Icy Hot. And here's the thing about Icy Hot. I know how Icy Hot works. I've read the box to see the ingredients in Icy Hot. I understand how Icy Hot is supposed to make your body feel when it's over. But guess what? If I don't apply the icy hot to the womb, it won't do me any good. Because knowing about icy hot doesn't change a thing unless you use icy hot the way that it's supposed to be used. And that's how we are sometimes with our faith. We come to church on Sunday morning, we get our our infusion of our God deal, cleansing of our conscience, whatever that is for you. And then we go out next week and we live like we didn't hear anything. And then we're mad at God. God, why didn't you come through? Why aren't you listening to my prayers? Why aren't you answering me, God? Are you real? All of these things. And the problem is this. You can know the word of God. You can understand the word of God. You can even read beyond the word of God to commentaries and all of that. But if you don't apply the word of God to your life, it won't do you any good. And when we talk about this whole application uh, required, it's, it's interesting. Many of you women have makeup on your nightstands. Or in the bathroom. Here's the thing. You can have your MAC makeup in the bathroom, but if you don't apply it to your face, it's not going to do you any good. Some of y'all, lotion is a great thing from God. Won't do you any good unless you put the lotion on. You're going to be ashy. Because it's one thing to know stuff. It's one thing to see stuff. But if you don't apply stuff, it doesn't make a difference in your life. And some of you all are frustrated with your prayer life. You're frustrated with God. You're even mad at God because God hasn't done the thing that you've been begging and pleading for him to do. But here's the problem. If you don't apply the situations or the word of God or what God's told you to do, the way he said do it, you can't get the results. It's interesting. We're in a war, whether you believe it or not. And if you choose not to fight, really, you're just choosing to lose. But we are in a war, and there is an enemy. 
And he's coming against us. And he wants to take away your joy. And he wants to take away your life. And he wants to take away your kids. But he doesn't care about those things as much as he cares about. He wants to take away your confidence towards God. And what I found is this. God has given us weapons to fight with. There are many weapons that he's given us to fight with. But there are three dominant weapons that he's given us. And these weapons the devil can't do anything about. He's given us the name of Jesus the word of God, and the blood of Jesus. And I know I get it. If you haven't been in church or this is your first time coming to church or maybe you just got saved, you know, the blood of Jesus. What is this whole blood thing? But, but what I want you to understand is these three things that I just laid out to you, they are kryptonite to Satan. And when you understand how to apply them to your life and understand how to move them into your world, Satan can't do anything against these things. See, your name doesn't mean anything. He can, you can say your name all you want. It doesn't carry any weight. But there's something about the name of Jesus that makes demons cower. Your words don't matter a whole lot. You give your word and take your word. You say you're going to do something, and then you don't do what you say you're going to do. So some of your word doesn't mean anything. But the devil, when he hears the word of God, he has to take his hands off of whatever he's not supposed to be touching. But today I want to talk about the blood. Because, you know, in, in, you know when I grew up, there were messages about the blood. But in this current culture of trying to make sure church is relevant and, and everybody feels good about church, you know, the blood of Jesus sounds like such a grotesque thing to bring up. But it's one of the most powerful elements that we have in the earth to overcome the works of the enemy. And in this, I, I want you to understand where this whole concept began when Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden. That sin required a blood sacrifice to make them okay with God. I'm not even going to say right with God. I'm going to say okay. Because the blood in that instance can only cover sin. In Exodus chapter 12, verse 7 and 8, and then the verse 13, we hear a little ways down the line where God is now trying to take his children Israel out of bondage and into a place called the promised land. And as he's about to take them, he's talked to Pharaoh a couple different times, you know, text him maybe once, send him an email. And he wasn't responding right. So finally they get to almost, I think it was actually the 10th plague and God allowed the death angel to be released throughout the land. And as the death angel is released, God's like, Israel, I am not here to deal with you. I'm here to deal with Egypt. As a matter of fact, the death angel is not here for you. He's here for Egypt because they wouldn't be obedient to me. So this is what I want you to do. And this is the instructions that Moses gives them. He says, they are to take some of its blood, meaning the blood of the lamb and smear it across the top and down the two sides of the doorframe of the houses where they plan to eat. That night, have them roast the lamb over a fire and feast on it along with bitter herbs and bread and bread made without yeast. And then in verse 13 it says, 
the blood on the door frames of your houses will be a sign of where you are. When I pass by and see the blood, I will pass over you. So that, that phrase, pass over you, is an Old Testament ceremony that is a reminder of this moment that God says the death angel has, is being released on Egypt. And while all this crazy stuff is happening around you, when you take the blood and you apply it to the top of the door and the doorpost, when that angel, death angel comes around because of the blood, not because you're good enough, not because you got it all right, not because you're perfect, not because you haven't done anything wrong. The blood signifies where you are. So while all hell is breaking loose around you, the blood will keep you safe. See, when you understand it's the blood, you didn't save you. On your best day, you deserved hell. On my best day, I deserved hell. But because of the blood, we have been saved. And it's interesting when it says that they took some of it the blood and smeared it. The word smeared means to rub, to spread, to apply. So when the blood, see, they could have killed the lamb. The blood could have been everywhere. But if they didn't apply it the way that God told them to apply it, they wouldn't have been able to benefit from the blood keeping them safe. I love the way that Andrew Mary puts it. He says, all of the glorious things the blood means, this is one of the most glorious. His blood is the sign and the measure, and yes, the impartation of his love. The blood represents the love of God towards us. And just like the blood of that lamb applied to the doorpost, kept Israel safe, the blood of Jesus on that cross does the same thing for you when it's applied. See, I didn't have this in my notes, but I would say at this moment that this place should be shouting right now. But maybe how easy is it to shout when you don't understand? Because if you understood what the blood means in Jesus, you would understand that I deserved death. I deserved hell. I deserved sickness. I deserve to be broke. I deserve poverty. I deserve divorce. I deserve all of the things that were wrong in this world. But because of the blood of Jesus, everything that I deserved, I don't get. And when I understand, see, I, I remember studying this out this week and I woke up on Wednesday morning and as I'm studying, I just cried. I cried for about 10 minutes because when I think about my life and the things that I know I've done, see, you get to see the highlight photos on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You know your story. But man, when you understand if it wasn't for the blood, I'd be all messed up. It, it, it blows my mind to think that God could
to look in my life and all my wrongs and all my sins in full view. Things you don't even know about. And he saw the whole thing. And he said that I'm sending my son to die on this cross to bleed so that you can be blessed even though you don't deserve it. It is because of the blood. And the devil wants you to think if you stop drinking, if you stop smoking, if you stop having sex, if you stop doing all of these things, then God will take you and no. God says, if you receive my sacrifice, I'll take you just as you are. It's the blood. I grew up in a church and you know, the church has church in ease. We should have our own dictionary of churchy terms. Sanctification, glorification, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Sick Canoe. And all the churchy people, they're like, yeah, yeah, I get that. But all the people that didn't grow up in church and don't understand God like that, they're like, what's a sit in a canoe? Somebody sitting in a canoe? <laughs> What does that have to do with God? And we hear these terms and we use them, but we don't understand. I remember hearing people, and maybe you've heard this one phrase, I plead the blood of Jesus. I remember hearing that growing up, and people would say, I plead the blood of Jesus. And I'm like, all right, well, that's the way they pray, so I guess I'll pray like that too. I plead the blood of Jesus. Hmm, okay. Seen the work for them. Let me try it on this side. I plead the blood of Jesus, and it's not really working for me. It's because I'm doing it without understanding. I'm just saying words. How many of us come to church and just do what we see somebody else do but don't understand why they do it, and then when we don't get the fruit that they get out of what they do, we're frustrated and say it doesn't work. But when we talk about pleading the blood of Jesus, what that really means is that just like they applied the blood to their doorpost to keep the death angel out we apply the blood of Jesus to our lives to appropriate the power of God and what he wants for us and when we understand the word pleading pleading is a legal term it means like you know some of y'all have been the court might be guilty of a few things just few and you have a defense attorney and what the defense attorney does is he stands in court pleading your case even if you're guilty his job is to try and prove that you're not. And it's a legal term meaning that, that he is pleading your case and he's standing there on your behalf trying to get you acquitted, trying to get you off. Well, guess what? When we talk about pleading the blood of Jesus, what it is is that bleed, that blood is our defense attorney. And even though we did it, and even though we were caught, and even though we were guilty, and even though we know we did it, and God knows we did it, when God sees the blood, it puts up a defense for us. And guess what the blood says? The blood says, even though I'm guilty, the blood speaks not guilty. It's a legal term. It also means that I have authority and dominion. The blood represents me being acquitted of all of my wrongs, but the blood also represents my authority and my dominion to resist 
the devil in all of my affairs. And so this legal term, think about it in this way. You own your home. Somebody walks up in your house and is taking your 80-inch, I decided to make it bigger this service, 80-inch TV, smart TV, picture in picture, and they walk up in your house and say, I'm getting ready to take this TV and take it home. What you going to do, sit there and just look at them? No. You know why? Because legally they're trespassing. That's your house. It's your TV. So they are illegally trespassing on what is yours. Well, can I tell you a secret? When the devil comes against your marriage, when the devil comes against your body, when the devil comes against your finances, when the devil comes against your children, guess what? Because of the blood of Jesus, he has been legally dethroned as God of your life. Therefore, he is trespassing and can't have the very thing that he thought he could have. But guess what? what you can't sit back and just hope that he stops oh please devil don't be so rough please devil don't be so difficult no you know what you're gonna have to do you're gonna have to get up off your couch out of your lazy chair and fight to keep what's yours because guess what it's yours your health your health is a legal right that God has given you because of the blood of Jesus. Your finances being in order and being blessed is a legal right purchased for you by the blood of Jesus. And whenever something comes in to contradict what your legal rights are, you can go ahead and take the blood of Jesus and apply it to that situation, reminding the devil, you can't have my money, you can't have my marriage, you can't have my body, you can't have my kids, you can't have my mind, you can't have my job, you can't have my car, you can't have my house, you can't have my son, you can't have my daughter, you can't have my husband you can't have my wife you can't have anything why because it belongs to God you can't have it why can't he have it not because I'm so great but because of the blood and you know what when we understand why the devil's afraid of the blood? Because maybe you need to know why he's afraid of the blood because it just doesn't make sense. Colossians 1, 19 and 20 says, meaning Jesus, he was supreme in the beginning and leading the resurrection parade. He is the supreme in the end. From the beginning to the end, he's there towering far above everything and everyone so he is, so, so spacious is he, so roomy that everything of God finds its proper place in him without crowding. And this is my favorite part. Not only that, but all the broken and dislocated pieces of the universe, people, things, animals, and atoms get properly fixed and fit together in vibrant harmonies, all because of his death, his blood that poured down on that cross. 
Everything that's disjointed in your life, everything that's out of order in your life, that's messed up in your life, because of the blood, the blood brings it all back into order. But if you, all you got to do is apply the blood to your situation. And when you apply the blood to your situation, it makes disorder order. It makes crooked straight. It brings things back that were lost. So what I want to do in this moment is I want to help you with something. Because I believe that there are 10 I am's to the blood of Jesus that if you can embrace them for yourself, you're going to jack the devil up. Today, I declare over you that the devil is finding out your house is under new management. Today, I declare over you as this word continues to go forth that your body is under new management, that addiction and sickness no longer has its place within you. I declare your marriage is under new management. Your job is under new management. Your mind is under new management. Your life is under new management. I declare over you right now that what the devil thought was his, he going to find out today that it belongs to you. I found out long ago that when the devil thinks that he's got me somewhere he made a mistake because he found out I got him somewhere and today just like he realized after Jesus died that man maybe I shouldn't have done that maybe I should have let him live he going to find out today he shouldn't have messed with your marriage he shouldn't have messed with your children he shouldn't have messed with your job Because today, when you know what you have because of the blood, he's going to have to give back that territory. So here are those 10 I am's, and I'm going to move in a way because we're going to do something in the end. The first thing you got to know, I am redeemed. Because of the blood, I am redeemed. Redeemed is like... uh, (laughs) Let me, let me come into some, some of your kitchens. Redeemed is like that lottery ticket. Oh, don't try and act like it. Come on, we're just talking. And your number came in today. You got to go to the quick six to redeem that ticket to get your money. Redeemed means paid for. The price has been taken care of. So what God has done for you through the blood is everything you deserve because of your sin, every ounce of punishment that you deserve, that I deserve because of my sin, the blood paid that price. And I am redeemed. But Pastor Tony, I got to get things right with my wife and fix things with my kids. No, 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 no. It doesn't say you have to do all of that first. It says if you appropriate and believe the blood, he'll fix the stuff with your kids. You are redeemed. Look to your neighbor and say, I am redeemed. The Bible says in Ephesians 1 and 7, in him we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Number two, I am an overcomer. And see, man, I I would encourage you because these are I am's that I say to myself, I am an overcomer. What does that mean? I've been given power over the enemy. In Revelations 12 and 11, and they came, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. 
They overcame the enemy by the blood of the lamb, that blood again, and the word of their testimony. Number three, I am cleansed. I'm cleansed, meaning all of my sins have been washed away. But Pastor Tony, I still remember, I just did this last night. I still remember. Guess what? At the moment you repent, the Bible says that that blood washes that sin away from you. 1 John 1 and 7, but if we walk in the light as he's in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us of all sin. Come on, say all. That means every sin you've ever committed. Oh, I know you feel bad about it and you think, I know that people haven't forgiven you. I want to help you right now. Your forgiveness is not determined by people forgiving you. People will hold on to things that God has long forgiven you for. So even though your ex-wife, your mama, your cousin, your boss still says you are low down, dirty, whatever, because of what you did to them, you can just say, guess what? I was wrong. I tripped. But thank God, my God forgives me and has cleansed me of everything. Number four, I am justified. I am justified, says that in Romans 5 and 9. Much more than having now been justified by what? His blood. We should be saved from the wrath of God. So what does the word justify mean? That's another churchy term. But you know what justify means? It means that you've been declared not guilty. As guilty as we are because of the blood, he declares us not guilty. And as a matter of fact, it says you shall be saved from his wrath. Wrath means anger. So I got a secret for you. Because of the blood, God's not mad at you. You may be thinking you walk, you, you've, you, you've allowed the devil to come into your conscience and your mind and say, well, the reason why you're going through this storm is because God's punishing you. God's mad at you. Can I tell you a secret? God's not mad at you. As a matter of fact, he's mad about you. He's not mad at you. Number five, I am righteous. Now, now this is going to be tough for some of us to say. So I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, I am righteous. Now, now turn to the other neighbor, the one you didn't think was as cute, and say, I am righteous. Do you know what that means? That means I have been declared righteous. That doesn't mean I act right all the time. I am right all the time. But because of the blood of Jesus, he has named me righteous. Do you know what that righteousness means? That righteousness means I can come to God boldly. I can come to God like a son. You know when your kids come to you for money, they're not coming like this. Can I get? They're coming to you like, hey, can I have $5? Can I get a 20 And I'll tell you this, our kids have short memories. They'll borrow $20 from you. They won't pay you back. Come back a month from now, ask you for 20 more, totally forgetting the fact that they did you wrong and lied to you by not giving you the money. Can I tell you, if our kids can do that with us, guess what? God says we can come to him just like that when we repent. Because we are righteous. We've been made right with him. Number six. Number six, one of my favorite. I am protected because of the blood. 
Psalms 91, he who takes refuge in the shelter of the Most High will be safe in the shadow of the Almighty. He will say to the Eternal, my shelter, my mighty fortress, my God, I place all my trust in you. For he will rescue you from the snares set by your enemies who entrap you from deadly plagues. And I love this. Like a bird protecting its young, God will cover you with his feathers, will protect you under his great wings. His faithfulness will form a shield around you and a rock-solid wall to protect you. Oh, my God. And guess why I can go into the secret place? Because of the blood. The blood gave me access into God's place of safety. Number seven, I'm free from condemnation. That when I mess up, fess up. Hmm, I like that. I know I stole that from somewhere. I just can't remember. But when I mess up and I fess up, I don't have another word to rhyme with that, so I was trying. But... Guess what? I'm free from condemnation. I know you feel bad about what you did. Yeah, you messed up. You did it. And yeah, you set in place a whole cycle of events that you can't control. But guess what? God is not standing in heaven pointing a finger at you, telling you how horrible you are, telling you you're not a Christian for real, yelling at you, saying you're a hypocrite. He's not saying any of that to you. Why? Because Jesus, it says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. Therefore, when you feel condemned about a mistake that you made, at the moment you ask God for forgiveness, God forgives you. And the Bible says he forgets about it. So this is what I've learned. That when I ask for forgiveness and it keeps coming back to my mind, that's not God. I just, I just helped somebody right there. Because you thought that God was constantly reminding you of something that you did wrong after you've repented. Listen, guilt only has its place to lead you to repentance. Guilt is there so that you can ask for forgiveness. Once you've asked for forgiveness, guess what? Guilt no longer has its place about that thing. And what the enemy will do is he will bog you down with condemnation and shame. Why? Because he knows that if I can keep you condemned, I can keep you away from the Father. I can make you run from God instead of running to God. Number nine, or number eight, I'm forgiven. Like, for real, for real. I mean, like, for real, for real, I'm forgiven. Like, I asked for forgiveness, and he forgave me right there on the spot. Stop asking God for forgiveness over what he's already forgiven you for. Stop saying, okay, so it comes up again in your heart. He said, Lord, I know this my hundred times. But please forgive me. He's like, I forgave you on the first time. Why do you keep asking me for something you already have? Because of the blood, when I ask for forgiveness, he forgives me on the spot. Number nine, and then I got one more. Because of the blood of Jesus, I'm free. I'm free from every addiction. I'm free from every generational curse. I know mom and daddy had cancer, but cancer doesn't have to come near my dwelling. I know that, I know that they, my, my parents grew up in poverty, but guess what? I don't have to be stricken with poverty. Guess what? I know that my uncle was addicted and my cousin was an alcoholic, but guess what? It doesn't have to come near my house. And you know what I love about being free? Because for some of us, thank you, Holy Ghost. For some of us, we were the addict. 
We were the liar. We were the adulterer. We were the whatever. But I thank God about the fact that the blood makes me free is that because I'm free, my kids are free. So they don't have to experience what I experienced because since I'm free and I've appropriated the blood inside on my situation, my kids won't be touched with the generational curse of addiction or alcoholism or any of the things that go along with that. See, that's why the devil wants to keep you bound because if he can keep you bound and keep you condemned, he says, I got a straight line to your whole generation and I'll take this thing all the way through if you let me. Man, but because of the blood, that thing broke off with you right now. Can anybody give God a praise for being free? You're free. You are free. You are not bound by that thing any longer. You are not held hostage by that thing any longer. You yourself are free in the name of Jesus. Why? Because of the blood of the Lamb. And when I understand that, I understand this last one. That because of the blood, I'm covered. Because of the blood, I'm covered. What does it mean to be covered? Well, let me ask you. If you have car insurance, hopefully you have car insurance, Geico, Allstate, just in case an accident does happen, just in case a mishap does take place, it's already covered under the blood. Just in case you did mess up last night or you do mess up tomorrow night, guess what? Because of the blood, it's already covered. And that we got, and listen, I got full coverage. I don't even have liability. I got comprehension. I got collision. I'm getting the rental car with this thing because I am covered. See, because I'm covered, my kids are covered, my house is covered, my job is covered, my body is covered, my mind is covered, my life is covered. Why? Because of the blood of Jesus. And when you understand what that blood means and how afraid the devil is of it, the reason why he don't want you to know is because this is something he can't do anything about. And over this past week, we prayed over all of these cards, almost 300 cards in this box, sickness, marriage issues, financial issues, salvation for loved ones, addictions, all in this box. And our team got together and they prayed over all of them. Every single one. And on a daily basis, I'm pleading the blood of Jesus over you as you go to work, over your kids as they go to school, over your jobs, over your homes. Because what I understand is that when we understand what it means to apply the blood, we're applying it to every situation. So how do you apply it to every situation? Just the way I applied it, by prayer. 
When you open your mouth and you declare to the things of God, you declare the word of God and you declare, I plead the blood over my child right now in the name of Jesus. I plead the blood over my marriage right now. I plead the blood over that doctor's report right now. And what happens in that moment is that something takes place in the heavenlies that begins to shift your situation and begins to move God into it. So what I want to do is we stand to our feet. I believe the miracles are in this box. I believe that breakthrough is in this box. I was talking to people all week long that have experienced God breaking through in situations. Talk to someone in between services. And they begin to tell me that, you know, they came, the daughter who was drug addicted came and got saved, delivered off of drugs. Son got saved and baptized. And, but see, mama covered the family. And when mama covered the family, it took care of the babies, even though they were grownups. So, so I believe that I believe what the Bible says, that if two agree on anything, it's done. I believe that if two or three are gathered together in my name, that he's here. And I believe that that blood of Jesus, when we apply it, will bring the miraculous, will change situations. So just for the next few moments, I want you to stretch your hands towards me as a sign of agreement. And I'm going to plead the blood or apply the blood or declare the blood of Jesus over these cards. And we're going to believe God for a miracle. Is anybody with me? So, Father, in the name of Jesus, great I am, King of kings, Lord of lords, Prince of peace, my Savior, my authority, my love, my rock, my strength, my fortress, my way maker, my hope, my life, my everything. God, we come before you today standing on the crux of your work. God, I plead the blood over every sickness in the name of Jesus in this box. I apply the blood right now to sickle cell anemia. I apply the blood to cancer. I apply the blood to diabetes and high blood pressure and gout. I apply the blood to mental illness in this box right now. And I declare that by your blood, by your stripes, they are healed. Father, in the name of Jesus, I plead the blood over the financial issues in this box right now in the name. In the name that is above all names, according to your word, you said you would supply all of our needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So God, we appropriate that promise by the blood of the lamb. I speak and I declare that checks are in the mail. People are writing checks out to you that don't even know you. I declare bonuses. I declare promotions. I declare increase. I declare support and help for single moms who's dads haven't been paying support I declare right now God sold homes sold businesses that will bring in the income that is needed to cover the shortfall because of the blood I declare wealth and riches in the homes of those and I curse the spirit of poverty in the name of Jesus 
God, for every child in this box, I speak salvation. I plead the blood over them as they go to school, as they go to work, as they're away at college. I plead the blood over every kid that is represented in this box today. I plead healing and wholeness. I plead the blood over their lives. And today, God, I plead the blood over your church. Every blind eye open every deaf ear unstopped in the name of Jesus not because of anything but the blood and we thank you God thank you for the blood 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 hope you enjoyed that message If you live in the St. Louis area or ever plan to visit, we'd love for you to join us at one of our services at 4324 Margareta at either our 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. service. Be blessed. We hope to worship with you soon.